0: Hello and welcome to Heroes Unmasked, staff stories from Leeds Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust with me, Caroline Verdon. Here's a question for you. What do champion fencers, award-winning sheep farmers and professional rugby players have to do with Leeds Teaching Hospitals? Answer, they all work for the hospitals. This series goes behind the scenes to meet directors, doctors, support staff and everyone in between to find out who the people behind the masks really are. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Heroes Unmasked. We'll be back later on in the spring with a second series. But my final guest today is David Goulding. Now, he is the Emergency Preparedness and People Priorities Project Lead for Abdominal Medicine and Surgery at Leeds Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust. What a job title. Uh, We'll find out more about that. Uh, As well, he also has set up a men's wellbeing group for staff to help with mental health at the hospital. And... What a lot of people don't realise about him is he was very nearly a professional rugby player.
1: That is all I ever wanted to do. You know, some kids wanted to play football and be professional footballers. And my primary school, everything was all about playing football. But I'd already started playing rugby at a young age, at six. You I was playing rugby union for a local team, West Park Bram up. But rugby was just my passion. My grandpa took me to my first Leeds rugby league game, which are the Leeds Rhinos now. When I was about six or seven, and I just just f- fell in love with it. Absolutely loved it. And then I was about ten ish, and we're at school, and school had a rugby league team, and I just thought, Do you know what, rugby leagues for me rather than rugby union. I think because I were watching Leeds rugby league with my grandpa were like the people that were watching were my heroes I loved them sort of like early 80s people that are rugby fans and like Leeds fans you know people like Gary Schofield were just my absolute heroes Um, Cliff Lyons somebody they brought over from Australia I just loved the way that they played the game and then by about 13 I've decided that, you know, i I'd, I'd represented Leeds City boys a couple of times, once at age 11, m- m- met a few of the squads, and then decided, you know what, I'm going to have an amateur rugby league club and leave the rugby union set up and went and joined Stanley. Played with Jamie Peacock, who went on to be Great Britain captain. Um, so I played with him for a couple of years. You know, other lads went on to play for Wakefield Trinity and stuff. Um and that's when I left and went and joined Featherstone Rovers at 16, which was just amazing. It taught me so so much really about you know rugby league and being in that professional environment and looking up to first team players at Featherstone Rovers that were playing for Great Britain, Derek Fox, Roy Powell, Carl Gibson, guys that had also played for Leeds. It was just amazing to be around that environment and, being pushed that little bit harder in the first introduction, and not just being out on a rugby field with a ball but you know being in the gym and weight training just just brilliant loved it
0: I suppose it was, it was a glimpse of what you know a professional rugby career was going to be like
1: oh yeah I mean we got to you obviously played other academies you'd travel to the stadiums I mean, it was just that professional environment or, and getting to start to think that way about the way that you looked after yourself during the week and r- ready for for game day um, playing other sides St. Ellens, Castleford, Widnes, Hull and then you know when I look back now there were players that went on to have full professional careers that I played against and like people like Kieran Cunningham, who was capt- went on to be captain of St. Helens, won trophies, Lee Briers, you know, won trophies at Warrington. Keith Senior went on to play for Sheffield Eagles, Leeds Rhinos. I played against these guys when we were all of a similar age, similar age and, you know, they tested themselves against the best.
0: And so as your peers' rugby careers really took off, your career took a different turn.
1: Um, so, obviously, you um, you were just on like, um, uh, sort of travel expenses type contracts type thing. So you get all your, you know, you get your tracksuit and your meals and stuff like that when you were training and after match meals and, you know, the prep, but you know, it comes to 18, you were an 18 year old lad, you need to be earning some money. You know, when my parents, you know, my, my stepped stepdad that drove me over from Leeds to Featherston two or three times a week. Um, there's a financial element to it. Um, at sixteen I trained as a lifeguard anyway. So I was working in like leisure centres lifeguarding as well, the hours that I could, away from when I was at college full time as well. So when you realise you're not gonna get a contract, you know, I realise my limitations, you know, as you get to eighteen, there's younger kids coming through that are better than you, you know, that, that that's it, game over.
0: That must be really hard, though, because you're only 18. You've spent your whole life desperate for this rugby career. And then to have this realisation that you're not good enough, it's not going to happen. At such a young age, that must have been soul-destroying.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's tough. And I kind of, when I left at 18, I, I didn't go and play for an amateur club for over, over a year. I just sort of like <laughs> let loose for a while um but then you you know i soon realized that you know i mean i still love love the game and there's still a lot out there that you can do to be involved in the game i was only young i was only 19 you know there were amateur sides that i could could join um which is what i did in the end um so yeah i mean it is difficult to take and like just flipping this slightly like the um the health and wellbeing programme that we're doing here at the hospital. And I've just interviewed Stevie Ward ex-Leeds Rhinos, captain that's retired from injury. He'd been at the Rhinos since he was 12 and had to retire at 25. You know, that's, you know, me having two years in a professional environment is nothing compared to what, like the kind of thing that he's gone through. To, but, you know, that we all have dreams and aspirations and, you know, they are, you know, it is a bit of pill to swallow, but obviously... Um, you know, someone like Stevie's had, had a lot tougher time than, than I have. I, I, I consider myself lucky to have been in that environment for two years.
0: A lot of the work that you do now inside and also sort of outside of your role, um, but is to do with men's mental health and, and, and well-being. And do you think that your experience early on sort of started to pave the way towards wanting to help others in that situation?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think I think one of the most important things for me um, away from work is um, one is family and two is um, fitness and exercise. You know, because I've played sport for such a long time, and yeah, I gave it up for a, a year as such, playing. You know that that exercise and fitness element has always helped me away you know in work and away from work you know because it just for me it gives me that space away from work when I've finished um, an hour or so in the gym whether that be purely doing weights or running um, and you know I'm quite happy to train with a training partner in the gym or just have that hour to myself it just helps me kind of de-stress and I I think that's one of the key things I try to get across or want to get across with the men's program is you know you've got to find that thing that allows you to de-stress or you know release your stress reservoir as such it just makes me like mentally better.
0: And you seem so passionate about wanting to help other people feel the same.
1: Absolutely. I mean, one of the drivers with the group for me and getting guys to talk was just one of the comments that I got from one of the medics here at the hospital was that, you know, surgeons are hardwired to not be conditioned in a certain way. And I were like, well, rugby league guys or rugby guys are conditioned. You spend 80 minutes pretending you're not injured, basically. (laughs) And I thought, surely I can get or support a group of guys at the hospital to talk about all those like difficult, what they, we might consider difficult issues. I want to spread it as far and wide as, as I can. And I've had contacts with other hospitals in the West Yorkshire region. You know, my aspiration um, for the group is make sure it's as well established at Leeds first, you know, deliver that group for, for the men at Leeds Teaching Hospitals, but then, you know, open it up to the West Yorkshire group. You know, it might not be every month, but it might be every quarter where we all come together and it's open to everybody. That's that's my that's, that's my aspiration and goals for the group, to make it accessible to all, all men within the region.
0: And what do you hope it will do on an individual level? You know, what, what difference do you hope it will make to people?
1: I think it, as long as it gets men talking... And if someone's struggling with, with anything, I think the whole idea of just talking and talking your problem through, you can guarantee that somebody else has been, has been through it or something similar. So while well, the saying goes, problem shared is a problem hard. and I just think like, if, if in the next couple of months we can help one guy with whatever his problem is, then that's a success for me. Um, and beyond that like, who, who knows where, we can, where it can go
0: and what's your driver why is it so important to you to be able to do this
1: I think because you know I've been, like, I'm really proud that I've worked at Leeds Teaching Hospitals for 21 years this year um, and I've always been in roles where there's been patient facing and um, working you know one delivering a service for the patient and doing the best we can two sort of that communication piece, bringing people together, whether that be surgeons and nursing and admin, so you have to coordinate all, all of that. Um, so I've been in those types of roles for so long. I'm now in this <clears throat> emergency preparedness role and people priorities role, where the emergency preparedness is still that you know, oh, what if this happens? You know, what are we going to do if we've got a plan in place? So there's still that element to it that will involve the patients, but then the people priorities bit is people practice is what at least teaching hospitals are focusing on for the staff, and there's seven work streams, and that involves that. One of the work streams is health and well-being. Um, so that's, that's the drive for it f- for me, really.
0: And with your, um, you know, your other hat on and the emergency preparedness it's a role that's always intrigued me because it's like your worst nightmares watching a horror film what would you do in that situation and I know you know like friends and I down the pub had conversations of if a zombie apocalypse was to just start and happen right now (laughs) where would you go what would you do um and minus the zombies that's kind of your job role isn't it
1: yeah I mean we talk about you know preparing for a An event or a major event and I think some of the things that we've spoke about you know within my department and should we call them practice runs or something like that would be like a fire on the ground floor of one of our buildings where all our wards are what would we do that that is the type of scenario um I would say, if there was a zombie apocalypse, don't come to the hospital. (laughs)
0: I'd I'd be going straight to a massive department store. Yeah, pub. Yeah, or (laughs) a pub, yeah. I was going to say Costco, because I reckon they've got everything you need there. Everything
1: you need, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's David Goulding, the Emergency Preparedness and People's Priority Project Lead for Abdominal Medicine and Surgery at Leeds Teaching Hospital's NHS Trust. And that marks the end of the first series of Heroes Unmasked. We will be back late in the spring with a second series, so do make sure that you click follow, give us a rating and review, and it'll just mean that you won't miss out when we restart. Heroes Unmasked is an Under the Mask audio production.